Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Grilling JR. This is Paul Bromwell and I'm joined by the voice of wrestling and man, he is the awesome voice of AEW right now. It's Mr. Jim Ross. JR, how are you? I'm great. Great, Paul. Thanks for uh, sitting in today. You always do a great job. Um, is this thing still making noise? No, it's good. You're good. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I got back from, uh, LA on Thursday evening and, uh, after a few, you know, a few days in Vegas, well, I'll tell you what, in, in my stage of life, a few days in Vegas is plenty. It was, uh, you know, the, sh- the shows were great. You know, our shows from Vegas are really fun. Uh, I thought, uh, everybody did a good job, worked hard, great matches. We can talk about them. We got any questions about it. We can do that, but it was a very productive opportunity for us to make our mark on the West coast. I think we did that successfully. So, uh, all good, man. We're just continue to work hard and it's amazing what happens when that, when that occurs, hard work conquers a lot of things. There you go. I knew you were uh, in Oklahoma enjoying yourself, especially when I saw that post of you enjoying a nice meal at Charleston's yeah. I figured it's good for Jr. to be back in town and enjoying, enjoying some of his favorite food. Well, listen, man, let's jump into it. Cause you and I, speaking of enjoying some things, we're going to sit on our proverbial recliners today, and we're going to go back and watch some old TV together. Uh, specifically 25 years ago, we're going to watch one of the most infamous raws at the time. It's June 9th, 1997. It's a raw after King of the ring and the show features uh, a lot of look backs of what happened at that night before, but the biggest story is what takes place before the show starts. And we're going to get into that. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about, uh, what we're here today for. And again, it is that, that Monday night raw. So fire up your peacock machine so you can watch along with Jr. and I it's Monday night raw it's season five. It's episode 23. We're going to give you a minute uh, to track that down. Again, Raw Season 5, Episode 23. 
And just to recap where we're at, it's 97. Paul Bear has returned and has made threats to The Undertaker. You have Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Recently, they won the tag team titles over Davey Boy and Owen. The Hart Foundation is the hottest heel group in the company. And The Undertaker, the phenom, he's the WWF champion. Uh, so that kind of sets the stage, JR, uh, for uh, definitely a, a fun time in the business. Yeah, it was an interesting time. A lot of good talents all involved in these stories or updated stories. It's kind of cool. Wrestling fans like new. Remember that. We talk about that all the time. And this is going to be some new marriages, some new matchups, and so forth. Uh, Paul, do I have to, to go to Peacock too? You don't, JR. Uh, I'm going to share it with us, uh, with you, so you don't have to do anything. Just sit back, relax, and uh, I'll take care of us. That's great. Well, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> So, JR, here we are. Monday Night Raw, Season 5, Episode 23. Hopefully, everyone has been able to find it, and we are going to get started here together, you and I. I'm going to go ahead and open up the file for both of us so that we can see it as well. And we're going to do the countdown for everybody that's listening in 3, 2, and we're going to listen to this intro together. 3, 2, 1, play. In 80 countries, in 7 languages, to over a half billion viewers each week, the World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. I love this this opener. Yeah, uh, I like the, the little stinger too in the very beginning. Good, there's some valuable data there that you hear often enough you'll you'll uh, you retain it. This is good. See how much Ahmed Johnson got on the screen? He did. get into the first match that 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 popped me they brought their signs they brought their and they brought their grandmother okay sure <laughs> but uh vince opens it's you and vince uh, on the commentary we'll learn uh -oh. that as we watch the show together here in hartford uh but last night like i said was king of the ring hunter hearst helmsley had defeated mankind to become the king of the ring making his long uh awaited arrival as king of the ring he had been punished uh for the curtain call and so uh, he finally got through that probationary period, if you will. And uh, then we had also results. Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin went to a double DQ. Undertaker retained against Farouk. And then the Hart Foundation defeated Sid and LOD. So that sets us up for what we're here tonight, uh, JR. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – it was a good show. It was just a chaotic day there, uh, to say the least. A lot, of, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things changed on the fly. 
but that's not unusual in wrestling. I got to say this at the beginning, as we see Ahmed in there with LOD, there's two, uh, two other guys in the ring there that I think you just enjoyed, uh, some time with out in Vegas. You got Tony Chimmel and making the introductions and Mike Kyoto in there as the referee. Then you get to see both those guys. It was, it was great to see them. And, uh, you know, Tony Chimmel has been doing a little freelance work for us. He's very talented, uh, and, uh, just so good behind the scenes. Uh, Kyoto came in to referee the Owen Hart final. Did a nice job, I thought. I'd like to see more of Mike on our shows. He's a good referee. Agreed. And so uh here we got this another entourage. Yeah, you have uh the nation of domination here. Ahmed's in the opening match. Like I said, LOD, they're taking on Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega. This is a WrestleMania rematch. And you can see as we start to watch this, as they're doing a little bit of arguing back and forth from the stage, the seeds have been uh, planted of a split happening between the nation. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming you guys thought here, hey, it's time to freshen up this gimmick a little bit. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, time to add a new coat of paint, or as I like to say occasionally, add a new hold and, you, uh, you know, change a little bit, tweak your game. And, but yeah, we're seeing a little bit of uh, verbal. Uh, disagreements, Clarence Mason, little Clarence Mason, any, uh, fun stories of Clarence that, that you can share with us. Wasn't around him very much. I know he got named after, uh, Perry Mason, the OTV lawyer yes. and, uh, Clarence Darrow. Oh, okay. Famous trial lawyer. So that's how he got his name. Clarence, Ma- Clarence Mason. So, uh, JR, as we watched this match, we did have a fan question come in. I'm going to incorporate those to where they fit in the, as we're watching the shows this week. Brad Stanton wanted to know, did you like the Ahmed Johnson LOD alliance? Because he dug it, JR. Well, I'm glad that he liked it. And, uh, for sure, not being facetious, uh, uh, it was a, it was a very gallant attempt to give Ahmed a quality rub. And working with the LOD was going to facilitate that without a question. So, uh, hey, look, for the, if it would have worked, it would have been a brilliant idea. And uh, but you know, unfortunately for Ahmed, it didn't work out at, at the end of the day. I, I get Brad's point here too. I mean, he had the, he had the look as far as the build, yeah. the size. Uh, but man, I guess he just could never put it together, uh, you know, and, and make something of it, but he definitely had that road warrior build and look for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had that powerful, can't take your eyes off a body that, uh, a lot of guys strive for. Yeah. Well, JR, the super, uh, interesting thing about this show it, taking place in Hartford is WCW is running nitro in Boston, and that's only a few hours away and it sets, uh, the company's gate record for attendance and money. Uh, you were just talking about the massive gate as you opened up for AEW that they did in Vegas. First million-dollar gate, which is, by the way, awesome. But when you hear this, the, what WCW accomplishes in what is really Vince's home and uh, you know his home turf and super close to his home itself, uh, what, what are you guys thinking? Is Vince offended? I mean, what is, what's his thoughts around it? Nothing. We were just getting back off a tour, uh, and I don't think it's, as, far, as it relates to WWE being in Boston, it was a no, it was nothing. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, there was no, no special preparation. There was no mindset. There's no eight stars, but there's at, lots of dirt. At this point, you guys are just completely focused on your own product. It's safe to say, and de- yeah. delivering the best you could so that you could eventually come back and win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had work, we had work to do. 
Every, right. every, every week we had work to do and it wasn't, it wasn't anything other than that. Yeah. I think sometimes people want to picture that you're sitting around where you were wringing your hands like, Oh, what are we going to do? They just did this and they just did that where that wasn't the mindset. Vince McMahon is okay. Great. This is what we're going to do next. Right. Yeah. Pretty much that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, the match continues on here. Uh, Farouk is, uh, getting killed by the, by the baby faces. He's about to come in now for the ring and let's, uh, let's listen to a little bit of the commentary. We got you and Vince on the call. Undertaker who was taking direction from Paul Bear. Paul Bear made the Undertaker. Goozle after goozle after goozle. It looked like there at the end that Farouk indeed was going to be perhaps in a position never to wrestle again. And Ahmad Johnson came in to try and talk some sense into the Undertaker, but look what he's doing now. Look at this war between Ahmad Johnson and Farouk that has yet to be settled. And last week we saw them go at it. And they're going at it again and forget about it. Oh! Ahmed Johnson taking care of business with Farouk. At least at the moment. I tell you what, man. Ahmed Johnson. Double teaming effort on the part. He always knew where to find the baby oil, apparently. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps yeah, he knew where the baby oil station was. <laughs> All lathered up here. And, and as I was saying, they, Varouk, they're doing quite a number on him. Well, he's setting the heat. Yeah. And uh, doing a good job of it. Almost. Here comes Ahmed Johnson back in. The Pearl River Powerhouse. Last night in the King of the Ring trying to talk some sense into the Undertaker. Wound up giving him the Pearl River punch. And there, here we go, Ahmed. It looks like he just might be able to put Farouk away this way. A lot of, here's one of my issues about Ahmed. Too much wasted time. Of course, that sets up the, the talk on the outside. Nobody's looking to make a tag. Should have made a tag to Farouk. Didn't happen. So now you've got a, a three on one essentially, and it's legal because they're tagging. There you go. You got road warrior Hawk, man. Uh, it's just so sad as I watch this to re- just to realize neither one of the road warriors are with us anymore, man, such influ such an influential tag team. Yeah. They were growing up in the eighties and nineties and. What they did for AWA, the NWA, WCW, WWF, and even New Japan. Uh, just incredible talents. Everywhere they went, they made an impact. Everywhere the Road Warriors went, they made a difference. And, uh, of course, there you see another tag. And here comes Ahmed again. He is in and out of this match constantly. Well, he, he was the guy that were, was highlighted to be that we're going to focus. And so when there's not a lot of focus, he's just stomping and kicking. Yeah. And then finally... Uh, Farouk's teammates take their time getting to him to help him. And here we go again. A lot of more, the, more the divisiveness allowing the, the, uh, LOD to clean house on the outside of the ring. This is, uh, again, I think like we've talked earlier, this is all the setup of just breaking apart the nation of domination. We're going to see at the end of this, uh, some that one of the debuting members, or like you said, fresh coat of paint is D'Lo Brown, uh, who we haven't seen much. Can you talk to us a little bit, Dilo, about Dilo and his recruitment and what your thoughts were on Dilo? I always enjoyed doing business with Dilo. He's, he's, he was a reliable, uh, smart businessman, uh, and he could take those bumps and lose matches. 
but Delo was very, uh, Delo was good. And he's at college educated, the former Maine Black Bear defensive end, athletic uh, environment. I like that. So uh, Ahmed got a nice hug. Yeah, he got the pin on Varouk, the Pearl River Plunge. LOD and Ahmed get the win. Varouk's being consoled. He he takes the pin there. Let's listen in. There's D'Lo. Look at that stud. Look out, it's gonna happen. Stone Cold Steve Austin, one-on-one with Brian Pillman. And that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. Also in the war zone later tonight, you're gonna see Psycho Sid look for a measure of revenge against the Intercontinental Champion, Owen Hart. However, right here, ladies and gentlemen, moments away, right here on Raw, you're gonna see for the first time ever the European Championship up for grabs. That's right, the British Bulldog, one-on-one with Goldust. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a quick word from the 1997 King of the Ring. There you see him with his queen. He's Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes, indeed. We'll be back with the European Championship matchup, plus a word with the new King of the Ring. JR, that uh, jean jacket you're wearing there, that Rawls War jean jacket, you still have that? I, I did for a long time. It may be upstairs. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that was a real nice logoed, and I was watching this earlier uh, yesterday, actually, and I saw the jacket. I'm like, I wonder if JR still has that. I know you have quite a bit of memorabilia from those days. Yeah, I, I kept a lot of things, but then I didn't keep a lot of things as well. So mm. uh, I don't know. I think it may be upstairs in the, my kind of a catch-all room. For those that uh, you know, aren't watching along, they're showing the encore presentation of the King of the Ring coming up, and and we're going to be building to the Canadian Stampede at this point. As uh, it looks like uh, we're going to have Triple H make his way to the to the ring, we're going to listen into what he has to say. Uh, that's going to be within a few weeks, and before the show, the great and Jr. at Sasuke, right? He called a news conference to announce he signed a six month deal with the WWF. Sasuke would only wrestle twice for the company, Canadian Stampede and the next night on Raw, and that was it. Do you remember what the real deal uh, for Sasuke was? Not really. I mean, he was a pretty good hand. Uh, maybe uh, office-oriented, money, creative, you know, who knows, cash or creative type situation. Uh, he was a really good talent. Uh, I know that. I remember him being highly skilled. Well, uh, we, you have him Brent coming in here before we get to, uh, triple H here, he's about to get on the mic. We're going to, so Jr. we're at 1341, 42, 43. We have triple H in the middle of the ring and we're going to listen in as Vince is in the ring with him. And we're here with the new King of the ring has to say, Secondly, why did you do what you did? I mean, let Notwithstanding a match with Ahmed Johnson, let's talk about the match you had with Mankind. Let's talk about the fact that you pedigreed him on our very announced table. From there, China struck that man in the back of the head with the scepter. You then brought Mankind into the ring, pedigreed him again, and then after that, you took that crown and drove it into the back of his skull. What's with that? You want to know what's with that? I'll tell you what's with that. That's a year ago, you know, and I know, this should have happened then. I should have been the king of the ring a year ago. But because of you, 
and your politics, I never got my shot, did I? No, I didn't. Why? Because of your games, because of your politics. What I did last night was take my destiny, my career, into my hands. Out of your hands because you couldn't get the job done. It's my turn. And nobody in the WWF, not Ahmed Johnson, not Mankind, not Shawn Michaels, not Stone Cold Steve Austin, not even you, not even you, McMahon, is ever going to stand in my way again. This ring is now my house. Hunter Hurst Helmsley's backyard, my home. And any WWF superstar that wants to step in here, if you've got the guts, the door is wide open. So indeed, we're going to be seeing more of those tactics from you that we saw at the King of Ring, I suppose. Oh, Hunter! I'd like admission to your house of pain, and when I get there, I want a rematch! You want a rematch with me? You think you have what it takes? Didn't you get enough? Let me tell you something. I loved every second of what I did to you. Every time you got back up, it sent a shiver, a shiver up my spine because it meant I could do something more to you. You say you want a rematch? <laughs> what do you think, China? I don't think he deserves anything. What do you think? Mankind, I think you should come down here in the ring right now and kiss my ass. There we go. It's your lucky day because I'm a good kisser. <laughs> <laughs> That's great ad libs. Uh, Mankind may be on his way out here as we speak. Would you accept a rematch? Yeah, Vince uh, hitting the high ground. Oh, here comes Mankind. Bang, banging his way right to the ring. <laughs> bang, banging. <laughs> and Helmsley attacking Mankind. So let's, as we watch them brawl, a couple interesting things here. First of all, his uh, Triple H's half shoot promo talking about the politics keeping him from winning last year's tournament. This is kind of a fun here. They're blurring the lines between reality and what's going on, though, in the storyline. What are your thoughts here? Is this the Vince Russo influence in, the, in creative or? Hey, man, let me give you a little life hack just in time for Mother's Day and Father's Day. I'm talking about paintyourlife.com. That's the place where you can get a gift that mom or dad will never forget. Real quick, do you remember what you got mom or dad last year for Mother's Day or Father's Day? Well, here's how you give a gift that they'll never forget. You find something that's meaningful, something that's personal. Maybe we're talking about their mom or dad who's no longer here. Maybe it's about a long-lost relative. Maybe it's about their favorite pet who's no longer with us. Maybe there was always this dream that mom and dad were going to vacation to some exotic tropical island, but they never quite made it there. Well, all of those dreams can become reality at paintyourlife.com. You simply upload those photos. You can even use a photo right out of your phone. They can even help you combine photos to create one unique memory. You'll pick the artist. You'll even pick the medium. Hey, do you want an oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even pick the frame. The whole process is less than five minutes to get started. You can get it in as little as two weeks. 
But along the way, you work hand in hand to ensure that the artist is nailing it. They're getting exactly what you wanted and you're going to get that reaction you wanted from mom or dad. I'm telling you, this has been a home run for me. I've used it for my mom, for my dad, for my father-in-law, for my cousin, for my wife. It's great for any occasion, but with mother's day and father's day right around the corner, how do we show the people who gave us everything that we really care? I don't think you can beat a meaningful gift like this from paintyourlife.com. And if you're looking to give the best and most meaningful gift you've ever given, paintyourlife.com can hook you up. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now to get this special offer, just text the word Ross to 87204. That's Ross to 87204. Text R-O-S-S to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I think it's a collective. I mean, Vince had influence. He's there. He had influence yeah. on it creatively. No doubt about that. But I thought it was pretty cool. You know, uh, don't pull the curtain all the way back, but <clears throat> but pull it back enough to for people to know that this is the topic we're on. This is where we're landed right now. So I thought it was pretty good. And then you have mankind interrupting, saying he wants a rematch and China tells him to come kiss her ass. Mick has that fantastic line of it's your lucky day. Cause I'm a good kisser. Oh man. So they have the brawl here. Uh, mankind gets smashed with the crown because the story is that Hunter hated wearing that thing anyway. So that's, that's the story with all that. That's why he, cr- he smashed it to pieces. So there you go. Yeah. A lot of guys, it was, it was another prop and people wonder, you know, why do you, why do you, uh, do it? Well, you have to, it's part of stage dress, but unless you take matters into your own hand and that's exactly what, uh, um, Mick did. He and Hunter had great chemistry. I thought speaking of props, there's no way to better way to market Rawls wore t-shirts back in the day than having Sonny model them. That's for sure. Yeah. She's not going to be modeling for a while, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, unfortunately I feel bad for that for everybody involved. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you, you make mistakes in life. You got to pay for them. JR, we're back to the show here and you and Vince are at the desk. Let's listen in to what we say. We are at 1853, 54, 55. Let's, here we go. And this was a tremendous event that took place exclusively in Europe. The tournament took place. This was the first title. I believe first new championship title introduced uh, to the WWF in since when? Since 1979, a tournament exclusively held in Germany, as a matter of fact, culminating in an outstanding finals match in Berlin. All right, let's take a look now, ladies and gentlemen, the way the British Bulldog became the European champion. I think you'd be quite interested in his physical feats. For the incomparable British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, the road to the first ever European championship was paved with many challenges in the first round. The Bulldog went one-on-one with a deranged mankind. And the Bulldog, after a real war, was successful. And then in the semifinals, 
it would be the 458-pound Vader. And the Bulldog would turn it on with a tremendous power display to defeat Vader in the semifinals. And then it would be the finals. The British Bulldog and his brother-in-law, Owen Hart, met in Berlin, Germany, to determine the first-ever European champion. From behind! From behind! Here we go! One, One two, three, we got him! No! One, two! So to the tight! He got him! It's finally over! Unbelievable! What a matchup! You're not going to find athleticism anywhere like this, except in the World Wrestling Federation, and give credit to both competitors. But the question remains, will the British Bulldog be able to retain the European title right here tonight on Raw. So there's Tony Chimmel. We're going to have uh, British Bulldog. He's going to be taking on Goldust. So I want to ask you a question about the European title. We don't talk about it much here, Jim. Did you think it was a mistake to add it, or could there have been more done with it? What, what I think, side I think more could have been done with it. I think more could have been done with it, quite frankly. Uh, you know, our audience at that time, and I guess it still is, uh, was just uh, tremendous in in Europe, still is. Uh, I know that. I know our audience uh, for AEW's just popularity in England and, and surrounding areas has been uh, nothing short of extraordinary. So great wrestling fans there. I think it made sense going in, but you got to maintain and, add, and and build on those championships. I don't think we did a good job of that going forward. But the original idea of having the European title, I thought, was just fine. Yeah, and it is still uh, one of those belts that we still hear about from people online. Uh, the Buttercream Dream, not sure if you ever heard of him. Corey Ryan Forster has a European champion. He's held the belt very well. Anyway, great title okay. and a big fan of it, and he's a big fan of our show, by the way. But uh, uh, anyway, European title, yeah, I'm with you. I wish they would have done more with the belt. Like you said, massive audience. Uh, we look at a lot of listeners for this show uh, in the U.K., all over the world. So uh, I, I totally agree with you. So listen, JR, let's get into the crux of why we're watching this episode today. And I am going to read a lengthy review from The Observer because I want to hear oh. your, your candid feedback. I know, lucky lucky us. But I think I need to get into some of the details here. And, Go ahead. And uh, I want to hear some of your feedback on some of this uh, that we hear from Dave. Uh, so let's do it. So uh, this is the Raw. As we said, uh, before the show starts, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels get into a brawl of their own. And from The Observer... Heat from fantasy feuds and storylines in this attempted shoot environment spilled out into real-life dressing room problems for both the WWF and WCW on June 9th involving four of the country's biggest-name wrestlers, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Nash. The end result were no serious injuries, but Michaels' future with the WWF is questionable. The problems in the WWF were, were, were more spectacular, with an incident that took place at approximately 7.20 p.m. in Michael's dressing room, resulting in both Hart and Michaels not appearing on the live show from Hartford, Connecticut, that they were originally both supposed to play a prominent role in. That's the show we're watching right now, JR. Yep. All, all the problems have been brewing for a long time. In the case of Michaels and Hart, for well over a year, as has been well documented in these pages of The Observer. The problems between Hart and Michaels uh, bad seemingly forever based on professional jealousy, based on who would be the top star and highest paid wrestler in the company, and who would put over the other in their next meeting, and if they ever would have a next meeting, some of which has become ironic since in their professional battle, Steve Austin and probably Undertaker as well, pass them both by when it comes to being the top star, although not the highest paid. 
They got hot in recent weeks when Michaels believed the heart stalled out a live interview on Raw to where the show went off the air before Michaels could do his super, super kick comeback, which was shown on tape later in the week. As revenge of sorts, Michael said that Brett had been saying sunny days on the next week's television show, despite both Michaels and Hart supposedly having been told by management to quit doing insider references that the majority of the viewing audience doesn't understand. That remark, combined with a remark made months ago by Michaels on television saying that Brett professes to be a role model, but he's seen him on the road and he's no role model, apparently has caused friction in Brett's personal life to the point that Hart had been telling friends for weeks that he was going to, at some point, punch Michaels out. Nobody, including Michaels, would debate that should Hart have chosen to start a fight with Michaels, that Michaels would come out of it unscathed, but a lot of people didn't believe he'd do it since Hart has the reputation for being such a professional, not to mention that with his knee and the shape it's in, it would be foolish time for him to do so. Nevertheless, the rumors throughout the WWF locker room were that if Hart got the chance, he would take the poke at Shawn Michaels. Well, apparently the problems escalated before the show on June 9th, as both were meeting in a long personal conversation with Vince McMahon to the point that McMahon was having little time to converse with anyone else regarding details and attention to the ensuing live television show uh, that we're watching here together right now. Hart wound up going into Michael's dressing room and the two began arguing. There were eyewitnesses to this, which basically said they argued and started fighting and it was rather quickly broken up. Most versions have it that Hart was screaming about how Michael's comments affected his personal life and he crossed the line and that Michael's was a smart ass back to him. The two went at it with most versions having it that Hart started it, but that Michael's was every bit as guilty in precipitating it. It was believed to have been a one-sided short tussle, which resulted in a few punches thrown and a large clump of Michael's hair being pulled out of his head to the point it was described that Michael's was given a major bald spot. Yikes. Michael's face was all puffed up from the punches and he was bleeding from the elbow, apparently from being thrown on the floor. Bret Hart apparently aggravated his recently repaired knee, but none of the injuries were serious. Agents Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson and some other wrestlers quickly broke it up with Hart on top of Michaels pounding on him. Briscoe and Hart argued loudly back and forth in another room for a long time before Bret Hart finally left the arena at 8.30 Eastern without appearing on the television show. Michaels was blown up from the fight and a little worse for wear, but not injured to the point he couldn't have appeared on the television show. Michaels was scheduled to wrestle Brian Pillman in the main event, doing the run-in after the Hart Foundation were all scheduled to jump Austin as he was coming down the aisle for the match. The Austin versus Pillman match that had been hyped all week was canceled because Austin injured his right knee, the good one, by landing wrong on it coming off the top rope during a spot in the previous night's match with Michaels at King of the Ring. His knee was swollen badly to the point they decided to keep him out of the ring on June 9th, although he was willing to gut out doing the match because they didn't want him being hurt any worse. And with all the other problems, add Austin to the list of guys who would be missing the upcoming weekend's major shows in Montreal and Toronto. Michaels was going crazy after the predicament and said that he would never work against anyone in the Hart Foundation because he couldn't trust them. He ended up walking out of the building, claiming that he wouldn't work or stay in this kind of environment just before the show was scheduled to go on the air at 757. Other performers claim as he left the building that he was screaming about how he is quitting and that if he could make it to Boston, where, by the way, as I said, JR, Nitro was being done, 
He'd just as soon go there. At that point, the entire television show had to be scrapped and a new show put together literally minutes before it went on the air. Jim, where are you when all this goes down? I was sitting sitting on it ringside. Okay. (laughs) I mean, come on, tell us, what do you know about all this? This is crazy. Well, Meltzer pretty well documented. He had plenty of sources on the inside that were there. Uh, You know, it was just, it was inevitable that the uh, confrontation was going to get physical at some point sooner than later. And it did, but I was there. It didn't last long, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Uh, I do remember, uh, copious amounts of Sean's hair lying all over the little locker room. So, uh, that was, uh, memorable, uh, certainly. So, uh, it was, it wasn't a great romantic brawl, you know, like you'd see a fight scene in a movie. It wasn't that at all. It was bowling shoe ugly to say the least, unlike Marlena there. Uh, but you know, it was just, it was just unfortunate, but you knew it was going to happen. And, uh, you know, for the company to put together a show literally moments before we went on the air live. Yes. That's uh, what I'm, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, quite the accomplishment when you think about it, especially when you have Vince sitting right beside you, having to prep to not only do commentary, but then try to figure out and sign off on what the show's supposed to be about. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, uh, was, uh, he was solid, obviously, you know, we just kept forging away you know, you. It's it's up to the athletes and their producers to put them in a good spot on the air, uh, and it's our job to call what we see, and so that's kind of how we did it. It makes my theory that the the less the announcers know about a finish or an outcome of a match, I think the better off they are, because it makes it more spontaneous and uh, and I think that's important. It makes it, it makes it feel more real. These guys are having a good match right here. Uh, yeah, the hell of a match between uh, Gold Dust and, and Davy Boy. One last f- a question on this: the whole comment of Sean strutting out saying, "Hey, I'm going up to Boston." Was there anybody at that point that t- t- took that seriously at all? Like, oh my God, what is he doing? Shit, I mean, that, no. Okay, we'd heard it all. Yeah, um, you know, I'll go meet up with Kev and Scott. No, you're not. You're got a contract here. This is where your home is. Let's get past this situation. It so, was, so, so that wasn't was, the first time you heard a threat like that. Well, hell no, of course not. Yeah. And here is uh Marlena who just freaking slapped the shit out of Davy boy. Alone. Again. Him again. Uh, a man can only take so much. Oh no. I he's like gonna that. he's gonna take it out on Goldust, I'm afraid. Absolutely, the bulldog with that. Oh no! Goldust is gonna pay for this. Marlena, look at this. Those he's are... right in front of him. Goldust can't defend himself. The referee was just pushed aside. Nothing will stop the British Bulldog unless he has a conscience. And Marlena, no. Wait a minute. It's Kid Shamrock. Kid Shamrock. Oh, Kenny was a quite the find for us. Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, the ultimate fighting champion, is here, and he means business. I like this. Shamrock, I gotta get into it. Look at Tim White. Yeah, this is good. Referee Timmy White. 
as Bulldog got to back off of Shamrock. Well, the official trying to gain some degree of control, and Ken Shamrock obviously could not stand idly by and watch what was going to happen. Ken Shamrock. The Bulldogs couldn't defend himself. It looked as if the Bulldog was threatening Marlena, and then here comes Ken Shamrock doing what the decent thing to do. And we understand, ladies and gentlemen, yes, oh, something's going on. Back in the nation's locker room, we'll try and break a camera and bring that for you. All right, so there we go. Ken Shamrock is now in, in the crew. But just to put a bow on the whole Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart debacle, and, and we'll move on. I think as, as fans, too, uh, you know, we just saw something that happened a, a few weeks back with you know, Sasha and Naomi handing the titles back and whatever way you stand on that, you stand on that as a fan or ho- however, but there's something to be said. This is live television. That's about to go on air two hours, three hours, whatever the case may be. And when you're dealt a curveball like that, and you've got to put a show on and make sure that it looks like that. It's not obvious to any of the fans that you just got a curveball like that. There's something to be said for being able to pull that off. I think so. Without a doubt. There's a uh, Michael Hayes, Johnny on the spot. He's trying to chase down uh, the nation. They're not having any of it. They just ran out. This this interview went nowhere. Is he going to get with anybody here? If so, we'll listen to what he has to say. Savio, Savio, get the hell out of here! Savio, Savio. I just look at you, Savio. What's Farouk? I give that back to my Puerto Rican people. Tú no me vas a tratar así. Tú respetas a los puertorriqueños. What a homeowner, Farouk. Tell them what you think. Tell them what you think, don't you ever come in here unless you're invited. Do you understand huh? me? Yeah, I understand. I'm I'm just let me go on record to say the nation is doing just fine. Now get out of here before I have a few things. You hear me? Oh, wow. I, I, I get out of here. Thank you. I'm out of here. I'm out. All right, let's get Oh, wow. Here's Jim Ross. With uh, all due respect, Farouk, <laughs> it seems as if your nation is coming apart at the seams. Let me, t- let me put it like this. When I formed this nation, I got, I recruited people that at all costs was to rock the roots back, no matter what happened. If I was dying and they were going to go with me, that's the way it's supposed to go. Let's take Savio Vega, for instance. Here's somebody I took out of the fields, literally picking jalapeno pepper. When he joined the nation, what happened? He came all the way to the top. No, but guess what he did? Stabbed me in my back. Well, Savio Vega, guess what? You remember this, as hot as the jalapeno pepper is, your ass is fired as of today. Here's another one, Crush, that wasn't making any waves here in the WWF. Just idle, just moseying alone. But when he joined the nation, what happened? I took it to championship status. What did he do? Stabbed me in my back. Well, Crush, you can join your place, take your place in the unemployment line. Fire. You're fired. You can't fire me, punk. I'm not a And when I look around here, as a matter of fact, ain't none of y'all took no bump, ain't did a damn thing. Get the hell out of here. Ah, all of you fired. Wow, yeah. cleaning house, baby. Farouk has just fired. There's only one other person that has to go from this day on, that can consider themselves fired. Dilo, hold the rope open for clams. What? What? Get the stepping. What? What are you? I... You're 
Fire Clarence. Get the step in. What are you going to fire me for? You can't do this to me. I made you what you are. You can't do this to me. Get lost. And I want you people to understand something. From this day forward, you're going to see a new nation formed under Farouk. One that's more powerful for that. One more that's more loyal than those bikes now. And I want you to get this. I want the two most, the people I hate the most here in the WWF, The Undertaker and Ahmed Johnson. I want you to be the first two victims of the new nation. I challenge you to right here next Monday on Raw. We are the nation. Strong interview. And just like that, a new nation is formed, JR. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time raw here going on. It's amazing what the pencil can do because it's got an eraser on it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Creative can change on a dime. Yeah, man. I like, I like that. that. I like that about pro wrestling. Yeah, I do and, too. And things can change. And, you know, it's like the situation we have now in AEW with Perfect, CM, Punk, right? yep. CM Punk injured. We got to regroup. No, I mean, I was going to ex- bring up the exact same thing. That was the big breaking news as you and I are recording this, the Saturday before this podcast releases, we just watched rampage and uh, I wanted to kind of get your opinion. You're doing a little re- recap on raw here of, of the big news. CM Punk has to have surgery and that's t- so unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. And I don't know to the extreme of the, how the, how the surgery is going to go, but man, oh man, it's, that's just bad timing. And, but if anybody can work their way through it. It'll be, uh, Phil Brooks, AKA CM Punk, no doubt. So I don't have any, I don't have any qualms or any hesitation regarding, uh, you know, how CM Punk's going to return. He'll return healthy and fired up and motivated. And I like all those things. I, I tell you what, there's a big reason to watch next week's dynamite, the dynamite, uh, and that'll come out. That'll be the Wednesday before your show drops on the main feed. But all of a sudden next week's dynamite just became big time. Speaking of big time, Paul Heyman and Tommy dreamer are making their way down in the crowd. And this is where, uh, you know, the time period where things with WWF and ECW are going on. Yeah. And, uh, Tommy certainly well represented ECW as did the creator of that brand, happy Heyman. So, uh, oh, he's been around a long time, hasn't he, Paul? That's right. He has. In a key role. Yes. Influential all the way through. He's got a great, great mind. As good as anybody I've been around ever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I know we're jumping through a lot of segues here, but, uh, Jerry Lawler, just for everybody's historical knowledge had appeared at the ECW arena, uh, in an all time classic angle, attacking Tommy dreamer and, uh, siding with Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, and 
I mean, that was just two nights before all this took place here in the WWF. What, if any, JR, did WWF have to do with ECW's creative at the time? Or this was this all being worked out with, with uh, Paul and, and Jerry Lawler? Oh, I think it, they worked it out. Paul and Jerry worked it out. But, uh, you know, Vince blessed it. So uh, it wasn't like Vince didn't say, what happened? Who did, we did what? Yeah. He, he was aware. And, uh, you know, we were just trying to create some new matches, uh, see if there's some stars in that group that we could capitalize on. And there were, and we did. So I, I always thought that the ECW experiment, if you want to call it, that was one that was the very well, very well warranted. It certainly was. It wasn't a mistake at all. It worked very well. JR, we, uh, we're picking up this match here with the headbangers and one of your favorite tag teams, right? Doug Furness and Phyllis Lafon were at 39, 35, 36, 37, 38 for all those that are trying to follow along. But I know you were a big fan of Furness and Lafon, weren't you? Yes, uh, they just had to find themselves. Uh, they weren't blessed with an overwhelming amount of uh, charisma. They were amazing in-ring performers. Uh, Doug Furness is, of course, from my home state of Oklahoma, Commerce, same hometown that Mickey Mantle. Uh, so uh, I, I, I thought they had great upside. They had some great matches in Japan. We were just trying to find that formula and replicate it. Yeah, you have uh, Paul and Tommy at ringside, and uh, it's interesting because the entire crowd is, seems to be paying attention to them, which kind of kills the heat uh, for this match. When something like this happens, JR, does the talent get hot at the other talent for stealing heat or creative uh, like this? Do you end up hearing anything in the back from the guys like, oh, thanks a lot for that? Or Well, they can't really say anything to the talent because the talent didn't approve the idea. Yeah. That's an office idea. And the office wanted it. And so the guys just acquiesced and ran the plays that were called. So normally no. Now, if a guy goes and ad libs and gets way out of his lane, I can, there could be some conversation about that, but by and large, it's an office decision on what direction the creator was going to go. Talk about the headbangers a little bit. I, I haven't done a lot of watch alongs with you, JR, where I, we've gotten to see the headbangers, but I wanted to get your opinion and for our audience on what you thought of the talent skill set. Any kind of, do you remember, did you work with recruiting them or what's your background with them? Well, I was familiar with them through Jim Cornette. Cornette was uh, high on the headbangers and they worked, did a lot of things for him in Smoky Mountain. Uh, so I, 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 I was very familiar with their work. Uh, they were proceeded at the beginning to maybe be too gimmicky. Mm. Uh, but, uh, once you saw them work a few times, you realize they're really good talents, solid talents. And, and there was no tag team on the roster. There's as a, there's a pin cover. There's no tag team in the roster that would not want to work with the headbangers. They're just really solid. Uh, you know, two really skilled guys weren't going to hurt you. They're going to do a good job. And now, uh. We got another headbanger in there, Thrasher. Yep, Mosh and Thrasher. I, I think I think uh, I think that uh, Cornette gave them their names. Okay, Mosh and Thrasher. I, I think now I might be wrong about that, but if he didn't, he had something to do with it because he was just such a uh, backer of them. That's cool to hear. That's a good little nugget because you know what I did like that they had fun, a unique presentation. Uh, they were something different, weren't cookie cutter. It was, they did look different. They had the skirts and the, the, the headbanger gimmick and what have you. And they were talented in the ring. They were good hands for sure. Yeah, they were. 
And so uh, here they are mixing it up. I think this match is, is about to wrap up, and then we're going to head on to the war zone. And uh, big power slam there in the ring. And where's the referee at? Oh, there he is. One, two, the save is made. Speaking of tag team action, uh, I, this match, as I see, it's kind of a lot of anarchy. I want to give you some props here while we're watching the ending of this match. The headbangers pick up the win. Buddy, if you're, and I know, uh, you know, not everybody here or fan of this, fan of that, but I'm going to give you some props for the call on that uh, anarchy in the arena match, my friend. That was one of the most fun, crazy matches I ever heard. I love the music playing during it. It added to the feel, but you and just how you played ad lib that match was fantastic. Oh, thank you, Paul. Well, it was oh. fun to get into, you know, yes, you, you invest yourself and then you hope that your creative and your lyric that you provide the, the play by play. It's good. Let's listen to this. Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lawler. Hey, what's up, McMahon? I cannot believe that you have let that trash Paulie dangerously and, and whoever these crony is, even in the building, who sold him a ticket. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. When I bring my man Rob Van Dam down to the ring, who, by the way, Paul dangerously has done everything he can legally and politically to keep this man out of the WWF. If they try to interfere at all, there's going to be hell to pay. Do you understand me? You know what I'm talking about? Thank you very much for joining us. Jerry the King Lawler laying down the law, indeed. Rob Van Dam up for action a little bit later on, and still to come tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Stone Cold Steve Austin goes one-on-one -on -one with Brian Pillman. Here it was. Stone Cold outside of Brian Pillman's house. Stone Cold being greeted by some of Brian Pillman's friends. It was back in November of last year, and then, look at this, Austin breaks into the house. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? I'll tell you what, uh, there'll be no break-ins, but there dang sure could be an assault right here tonight on the War Zone. I wanted to, to mention here, and, and as I close the loop on the last comment, whenever you're having fun, JR, and, and really into it, the rest of us are too. So, and that's what I felt when I watched that match with you and listened to you. But, uh, can, are you still hearing the match in your headset? I hear the background noise a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Cause I have it muted, but, um, what I wanted to say is, is, uh, there we go. Uh, what I wanted to, to, to mention here is we have the war zone coming up, but I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if you saw it or not recently, but, uh, Melanie Pillman passed away. Yeah. That's terrible. It's, yeah. uh, she, she lived a, a, a challenging life. I saw that. And I felt badly for the family, especially little Brian. It's funny. He's, he's jolly jacked up and big guy, but he's still little Brian to me. Sure. So uh, I felt badly, you know, I know he had an estranged relationship with his mom. Her issues were sometimes hard to overcome and to deal with, but uh, anytime somebody loses their mom, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a sad day. Absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that as they were showing the highlight package for those that are just listening, uh, they showed that that incident of when stone cold went into the house and the whole skit that went on down there, the gun incident and everything. It just made me, uh, I wanted to bring that up. So there you go. So now it's time here comes the war zone and, uh, they're still showing Tommy dreamer and here we go. Let's listen to the music. I love how they kind of broke it up into two, two pieces. Let's check it out. Where's each week? The World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. E even the intro music again. Yeah, sorry, it's a new show starting. We looked at that uh, that third hour, second hour as uh, nothing more than show number two, and they, that was for advertising purposes. 
we've, we, we've already listened to this intro once, but I want to talk about this intro because this was attitude, stone cold, blowing up pyro, the rock music. This is energy, man. This is attitude. It's got an edge. Uh, this is what, this is what the whole era was about. And this is what got you fired up for Monday night raw. I loved it. Yeah, and it, it turned the corner too, for us and the 83 weeks thing. Uh, you know, the people started buying into the uh, new attitude, lack of a better term. Uh, it was, it was what we wanted to be at that point in time, attitudinal WWF WWE. So, uh, and I just love the enthusiasm, the signs are. You know, I always enjoyed reading the signs. I still do. <laughs> they're they're entertaining as hell. Yeah, and, it, it lets you know what the audience is thinking. Yeah, and and they just told us that Bischoff fears McMahon. I saw that in a sign. But <laughs> you, you know what's fun is that uh, this is the, kind of the vibe uh, that you get now when you when you when you turn it on Wednesday night. So uh, maybe not with as many signs, but that rocks that rock uh, show energy. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that it, vibe. It, it worked out good, and the audience bought into it. They were they were engaged. They're a part of the process. Uh oh, and that's all good. Here comes the badass, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's uh he's he's coming in. And how badly is this show? Do you think being rebooked with Vince sitting next to you, or is it finished? Do you think before the show starts? Oh, I think we moved. We we did things as we went along. Okay, you know we knew the matches, but. Uh, some of the things that were going on were, or went on were new as Vince is in there in the ring. Anytime you get Vince and Austin together, it's always a pretty good deal. Yeah. We're going to listen to this for sure. Guys got tattoos of Austin across their chest. Hey guys, those are permanent. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to wash that off. Yeah. That's like the people that get the tattoos per, with uh, congratulations to, you know, this and that team for winning the championship and it hasn't even happened yet. All right, here we go. Steve Austin. You know, you've done some pretty dastardly things thus far here in the World Wrestling Federation, but perhaps none any more dastardly than what you did last night. And we'll take a look at it now. You interrupting Brian Pillman's interview. Steve and Brian played rough. Yeah. They played rough. They laid their stuff in. They're around objects that couldn't uh, they could protect themselves from. And I suppose you're proud of that. You're damn right I'm proud of it. And there ain't too many things that brings a smile to Steve Austin's face, but that's damn sure one of them. The only thing I'm sorry about is that toilet bowl wasn't full of a few contents, which I think you know what I'm referring to. All right, wait a minute. Let's get to the match. Tonight in this ring, one-on-one, Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin. What about? Brian Pillman came out last week and he thought he pulled a big surprise. Since Brett the Hitman Hart couldn't wrestle, he was afraid to wrestle and forced me to wrestle Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels and I got through last night. The fact of the matter is, I'm here right now in living color 
and Brian Pillman last night, I flushed your little face down the commode. Here in a few short minutes, I'm going to kick your ass up and down this ring. When I see fit, I'll hit you with the Stone Cold Stunner, pin you one, two, three, and then carry your little raspy-ass carcass back to the back and finish up with you, and there can't nobody do nothing about it. Let's get to one other thing, if you don't mind. Bret Hart's challenge last night at the King of the Ring. Bret Hart came into the ring, and he challenged any five superstars who had guts enough to step into the ring in a 10-man tag team matchup in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, on the 6th of July. He made reference to a Canadian stampede. Well, I'll go ahead and be the first guy to volunteer for that job because that's at the famous Calgary Stampede. They think they got a bunch of cowboys and bulls and horses and all kinds of crap like that. I'll tell you this, whether I got four people on my side or not, Stone Cold Steve Austin will stampede all of your asses by myself. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon made me find a tag team partner which was Shawn Michaels. So I'm sure by the same token, he'll make me find four wrestlers. But let me tell Gorilla Monsoon this, you get in my way this time, son, and I'll beat your fat ass just like I would Bret Hart. Steve Austin to be up in Calgary, Canada, beating the hell out of the hearts. Anybody that shows up, Brian Pillman too, and if it rolls right down to it, Stu and Helen, whoever the hearts want to bring, I'll beat up the whole damn family. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Eight. Because yep. Stone Cold said so. And I'll tell you one thing. I don't, it's a phenomenon. His popularity is absolutely a phenomenon. The more he cheats, the more he's, he's cheered. The personality of a rattlesnake. And what a matchup last night. Folks, it was a classic. Stone Cold and HBK last night at the King of the Ring. So, JR, we pick up with the show here. We're at 53, 24, 25, 26, 27. And they're showing some highlights again uh, of what took place at King of the Ring. But uh, I want to talk about Austin here a little bit. He's hurt. He can't wrestle Pillman, but he's here to challenge the whole Heart Foundation to five on five, as we just heard at the Canadian Stampede. But man, he's so good here on the mic, is he not? Yeah, he's in his groove. He's right there where he needed to be. He created a character, and it's uh, obviously working. He's comfortable in it, and the fans love him. Let's hear what you have to say here. Talk about accepted to the King of the Ring. There you go. Look at this. Was the best King of the Ring of all time. All the matches kicked. Uh, well, you know, all right. where's Austin when you need him? <laughs> also, WWF is number one and always will be. And just continuing on as a sampling, it was an unbelievable event. Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold match was great. This will be one of the match candidates of the year. Plus, uh, the best pay-per-view in a long time. And a great lead-in to SummerSlam. A great lead-in to a Red Hot Summer all, around, all the way around. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, still to come right here tonight. 
Psycho Sid, one-on-one with Owen Hart. What a matchup that's going to be, plus... Plus the former tag team partners. They were once the Hollywood Blondes. Now they're battling Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, the loose cannon right here tonight live. But right now... Well, right now, here comes Rob Van Dam, and uh, Flash Funk's going to take him on the soon-to-be-dubbed Mr. Monday Night and uh, Van Dam's an interesting story here, Jr. He's unhappy in ECW. He's being courted by the WCW, but here he is being spotlighted by the WWF. Was uh, Paul Heyman trying to uh, get you guys to work something out with Van Dam here, or, or what? Do you remember any of this? Uh, well, we knew Rob was great talent, Paul. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, you know, he was a great talent. So I'm sure Heyman was singing his phrases, uh, and Law. You know, Lawler just. Uh, he's a natural to everything he does. He's he's a great uh, wrestler, as we all know, babyface or heel. He can broadcast, and as we see here, he's at the right place at the right time as a manager. And uh, so it was a nice little uh, hey Rube here at ringside. There's the ref, Jimmy Corderas, Jack Doan, Jack Doan. Yeah, they're all the, down there. All, all the officials are down there to try to maintain some order. There's a very talented Flash Funk. A man who we hired uh, on the recommendation of Vader, I believe. So Charles, you ha- Charles Skaggs, really talented guy. And, and we've talked about it here. And as we're getting a little ad in here for Promax, that's that's interesting. Uh, you guys had a close relationship with ECW at this time. How come guys like Raven, Stevie Richards, Perry Saturn? Why do you think they ended up in WCW in just the next few months? Where, where did you guys have a first shot at them, or what did that look like? I, I think we, we prioritize, you have to prioritize your list of wh- who you want. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of what we did. And certainly Rob Van Dam was, was right there at the top. If he wasn't at the top, the most desirable signee from, uh, ECW, you know, we got the Dudleys and they did a phenomenal job, hall of fame career. So, uh, so everybody just can't make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can't be, there's not room on the team for everybody. They just flash back to whatever, what happened the few nights before with Jerry Lawler and ECW arena. And for those that are big ECW fans, you definitely remember that night, uh, when he, with the lights went out and when they came back on Jerry, the King Lawler was standing in the middle of the, the ring and the, the hometown faithful in Philadelphia, let him have it such a big fun moment. Should I say for, uh, for that, that crowd and, and that fan base. Hostile environment for the King who, who, uh, certainly performed magnificently didn't bother him a bit. So Jr. we're going to mention two phrases that I know you love to hear and it's rumor and innuendo. And, uh, the rumor and innuendo was that the plan for this match originally was for flash funk to go over, but Van Dam threatened to take his shit and go home. So they switched it to RVD going over. Do you remember hearing anything about this? No, only that the right decision was made. You want to get somebody over you, you don't beat them their first time in now Lawler's joined us on commentary. That always adds a little something. So yeah, we can listen to a little bit of that. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Let's check it out. Throw him out, man. Throw him out right now. Not a ticket, man. So what? A ticket paying customer. So what? What were you doing last Saturday in their arena? Well, I'll tell you what I was doing. I paid him a little visit. I'm sick and tired of hearing them run their mouth about how tough. Oh, yeah. Plancha. What a death-defying suicidal move by Rob Van Dam. 
I've heard for years how tough and how extreme. JR 25 years ago, Sam Plancha. I love it. What happened to me? And when I left, <laughs> the whole stinking company, every piece of so-called talent, with the exception of Mr. Rob Van Dam and myself, were laying flat on their backs in their own. Oh! And I'm going to say Rob Van Dam, Mr. Monday Night, yeah. is indeed very, very impressive. And, of course, it's a fact that Paulie Dangerously and the areas and yeah, the ECW so crew, Sit down, you idiot. They, they did everything possible legally to keep you from... Lawler's losing his voice. Yeah, for what? Why? Yeah, I noticed that. He's lost the only piece of he did a lot of screaming on that Saturday show, so yeah. he's Rob catching it's catching up with him a little Flash bit. Flash Funk having a go tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the war zone. And Flash Funk giving it Yeah, to me, the outcome of this match uh, needed to be Van Damme over. In, in a story, it's not even to me debatable. Yeah. And that's not a knock on, uh, on Scorpio. Especially when you see what Van Dam was ultimately able to accomplish. And you know, it's all, yeah, like an armchair quarterback, but man, he ended up becoming a big star for WWE. He did. He could have been even a bigger star. I think if, I agree. If all the political heads could, uh, converge at one place at one time, he had all the skills. He had the charisma. He yeah. Did. He was great. I. Uh, Rob was just a Rob was Rob. That's the great thing about wrestling is if you're able to catch lightning in a bottle with your gimmick. And, uh, well, that was nice. Nice moonsault from flash funk, a moonsault yeah. plancha. Yeah. I just wanted to say plancha. Yeah. yeah, you did good. Okay. I'm really proud of it. I used it in the right context. Yeah. You, you're my own ex. I have Excalibur at work and Excalibur here. <laughs> oh, I've been mistaken for him before. There's an internet picture of me with Shivani at a booth and, and, and a wrestling website said, this is Excalibur with his mask off. <laughs> well, I guess it was the beard. I don't know. Good, yeah. Good guess. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, these two, Hey, they could, this match between these two with these high flyers, they could get it done into easily in today's environment. Their oh, yeah. skill sets transfer, you know, now, as far as in the world of which we love the, some of the high flying. Kind of near fall there. Nice little counter by RVD. These guys kept it moving, kept connecting the dots, kept, kept hitting their suplexes and their strikes. It was just a really electrifying contest, especially since it was just thrown together. Yeah. Th th this would lead to a brawl that builds up to an ECW pay for review, by the way. And, uh, do you think that it's odd for Vince to give up valuable TV time and a war here for a pay-per-view? He really has no interest in, in terms of this is kind of heads to, towards building for an ECW pay-per-view. No, we're, we're married to that pay-per-view. So we wanted to be successful and it was. That was a hell of a pay-per-view. Yeah. There's also talk that supposedly there's going to be an ECW match at the SummerSlam pay-per-view since the show would be taking place in New Jersey. Do you remember uh, that being a big, big part of the deal here? Uh, well, it's right part of the, it was right part of the country for all these brands involved, I think. And there's a Paulie. Here we go. Let's listen. To this. They are. They are. Oh, my God. Lawler's beating the shit out of Heyman. Kicking, punching. It's kicking Paulie. Tommy Dreamer's trying to save Paulie dangerously. We've got a hell of a melee here. Nobody better on the call. To a war indeed. A war of different factions. In fighting from ECW. The interjection of Jerry the King Lawler. Coming on the aftermath of a bloodbath in the ECW arena. And that's, that's absurd. ECW has no business jumping over the rail. They're at fault. They're absolutely at fault. And look at oh, He's getting... Look out! Like Tommy Dreamer. And Lawler and 
Van Dam. You think Lawler was in Tupelo? <laughs> He's looking for the mustard and ketchup. It belongs right there with Batman. And Lawler is just pummeling dangerously. Tommy Dreamer and Van Dam have hooked up like two pet bulldogs. Unbelievable. This is not what the war zone is about. It's about athletic competition in the ring. All right, hopefully they've got things under control. We will continue more on the war zone, ladies and gentlemen. Psycho Sid is scheduled to lock up with Owen Hart. And that should be in a matchup. All right, so there they're going there, man. Good exposure for ECW, good exposure for the pay-per-view. A lot of wins in that segment. That feud blew up, and that was a lot of fun. All right, JR, we're back to the show here, and it's about we are at hour, three minutes, 24, 25, 26. For those that are following along, they're doing a recap here of their new Raw is War magazine, the Raw magazine. I remember that. My favorite issues. Well, we're not going to get into that today, but uh, they're doing a recap there. And uh, here we go. We're building to the Sid Owen Hart non-title match here. And this is going to be unique clash of styles, wouldn't you say here? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, look, they're they're bringing Ken Shamrock down first. Let's see. I think he's going to be there to do a little commentary, if you will. Kenny brought a lot to the table. And, uh, very popular. The men respected the hell out of him. The women, the women liked him. Good looking guy, all, all jacked up, looking good. Brings name, name recognition from outside to, to yeah. the company too, buddy. Yeah, he sure does. And here he is who you just honored AEW honored the Owen Hart. What did you think of as, as he's coming down the aisle, we have some time here. I loved Talk it. about that. I loved it. I loved it. And I, uh, had a chance, uh, in a little green room environment. Uh, at the, in, uh, Los Angeles to, uh, sit and chat with Martha. <clears throat> and I did exactly what I told myself I was not going to do. And that was cry. I uh, couldn't help it. And, uh, so it was very emotional. She was, a, she was a gracious and glorious, uh, host, shall we say of this event. I thought, uh, Tony Khan and the AEW team did a great job in putting the whole dang thing together. Uh, and it was past due as we all know. But, uh, now it's here and it's, it's wonderful. You know, uh, I, uh, I miss Owen. I think about him every day in some shape, form or fashion. That's a fact. <clears throat> so I'm glad that we got to do something, uh, for, uh, Owen and the family family can't leave them out. Cause they had a, they had a lot to do with it. When I heard that Tony purchased an extra hour of pay-per-view time to give her as much time as necessary, that's when you, that's when you're just called putting your money where your mouth is. I thought that was, that was big time. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was done right. And with the great, greatest of intentions, unlike psycho Sid's mindset right now, I suggest <laughs> yeah. uh, his intentions are not great. They're there to destroy somebody. When, initially, when you look at this too, you have Sid uh, and Owen, and you're thinking, "Man, this is an extreme clash of styles here." Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, uh, power and striking was the calling card of that big guy who had one of the most perfect uh, wrestling bodies that I've ever seen. Yeah. And Psycho Sid, he was a head turner. He's the kind of guy that Vince liked to talk about walking through the airport, people turning their heads and looking at him. You never, you never said, never snuck by. He was, was pretty amazing. 
This would be, JR, believe it or not, his last match in the WWF on television until June of 2012. And, and this is June 97. This is crazy to think about. So, uh, wow, this is it. We're watching uh, the last to sit here for a very long time in the WWF. Yeah, politics, mindsets, attitude, uh, a lot of things just uh, you know, didn't play into the hand. You know, we should have. Sid should have stayed there for a good long time. He, the ceiling was limitless for him, but you know, sometimes it's just hard to make guys happy and guys that are genuine are normally a little bit paranoid. Uh, it's amplified sometimes in this level. Do you think he would have uh, done well with maybe a mouthpiece? Like you look at a guy like Paul Heyman right now in the business and what he does for talent. Do you think maybe something like that or somebody like that for a Sid back then could have been huge for him, right? Yeah. You know, I think Jim Cornette could have done that job amazingly well. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly. Oh, and so great. He's just brilliant performer. A lot of people might be watching a match with him involved the first time there's Jim, the anvil Nightheart. God bless them both. They're no mm. longer with us. Hard to believe. Yeah. That we started the show with the road warriors and now here we are with these folks as well. And, and as you watch these shows, you're, it just, you can't help, but think about those that, that aren't with us anymore. And, uh, man, just so glad we were able to enjoy so much of their careers here. And we look at to do this and look back, uh, at when these guys and how much they meant to the business Anvil getting a cheap shot in behind the referee's back. <laughs> this match is, is going to go. It's not a long one. It's not a, as they call, uh, you know, it's, it's not a 60 minute match by any stretch here. It's going to go four minutes. Uh, but still a fun match. And Owen is just such a solid worker. Jr. one of the best, uh, he's one of the top four or five workers I ever was around. I mean, he could be a great baby face. He could be a great heel. He's working now. It's all Sid's got to do is sell. Yeah. Owen's doing all the work here, which I'm not knocking Sid, but that's the kind of worker that Owen is. He made his offense fit Sid's defense. And so trying to work on those legs and destroy the vertical base of a six, nine guy, it was logical at that point. Here, I'm going to hear a little bit of Ken Shamrock, what he has to say on commentary as well. See what he has to. Either this weekend on the television network or uh, one week from the night in Lake Placid, New York. That's just one week from the night. Folks. You're doing your Decide best Excalibur impersonation. Games. The side of one of great triumphs in American sports history. Telling the next few weeks of shows. A hockey team won a gold medal. And certainly Owen Hart has won his gold medal. The Intercontinental title and a kick out by Sid. Always directing this match like a traffic cop. Trying to get the down to his own side. So still working on the knee. To take the legs of the big guy because they're spacing up. You know, standing up, Sid's got the advantage, but he's got to bring him down to the mat. And Psycho Sid clipping the jaw, and Owen Hart for the ride. Look out, here comes the big man. Psycho Sid, a step off on that move. Owen Hart is cat quick. Owen Hart with a drop check. And it was Owen Hart who was victorious over Sid getting a pin just last night in that six-man tag this, team matchup. Uh, this, this ain't right. Look at the power of the anvil. Oh, he's strong, man. Sheesh, just picking up Sid like, like, like with I remember, ease. I remember uh, Anvil coming to Mid-South, and one of the reasons he was there was because he was a world-class shot putter, and Cowboy Bill's son, Micah, was a shot putter. So you had your own tutor there. There's Shamrock giving the Anvil. Uh, a little yeah, throwing him of, like a shot put. Yeah, belly to belly. So 
that's why that's how I got to know Anvil. He was really, really green, really, really green. And, and, uh, but boy, he had a lot of fire and potential, very athletic for a big guy. I'm glad that we got to pass across paths there back in that day. Yeah. And then now his daughter just continues to kill it for, for the WWE and she's Natalia. A, she's a hidden gem mm. and she shouldn't be hidden. No, she shouldn't. I'm with you. Natty's a star. And Eric Sid gets the choke slam and, uh, the three count cut Kyoto on the three count. Here we go. And Shamrock enters the fray and, uh, let's see what's happening here at the end. looks like they're going to mix it up with the heart foundation. Invited a boxing day in the heart household. And a little hand check by Sid and Ken Shamrock. And Ken Shamrock, this is not the first time we have seen him in action, so to speak, here tonight. Yet to come, ladies and gentlemen, Stone Cold Steve Austin goes one-on-one with Brian Pillman. Let's go back to this past Saturday, Shotgun Saturday night. Well, Brian Pillman and yours truly at ringside, and look at Stone Cold. Hey, hey, get her out of here. They're close to you, buddy. They're in your kitchen. I was about to whip all their asses, but I just changed my mind. We're going to have that matchup, yes. Ryan Pillman, a loose cat against Stone Cold Steve Austin here tonight. Uh-oh. What do we got here, JR? Ratings. Well, here she is. A wild child could be her label. We're talking about the sexy, hot, hot-looking Sable. And you wanted more of Raw is War. Here's your opportunity. <laughs> the Raw is War t-shirt. Lord have mercy. Raw right. is War on the front, the War Zone on the back. Only $25 plus $6 shipping and handling. Comes in large, extra large, and double XL. The phone number to call. Ooh, do it, girl. 815-734-1161. my Bruce laugh. Yeah. Bruce laugh in my pants. She having some fun. Love it. 815-734-1161. Listen to Michael PSA is trying to do his best, best Wolfman Jack. Yeah, he was, he was selling, buddy. And then there's Mark Mara ripping her out from the back, playing that heel role. Uh, man, my, oh, let's hear. We got to hear you, you guys here. Lead to the final installment, if you would. Of our <gasps> this is big Man time, Jr. Here we go. He ever turned out to be a most interesting individual, but, but unfortunately for you, this is a. It turned personal. It, it really did. You know, I, folks, I've had the privilege of interviewing uh, wrestlers for t- over 20 years, and uh, at the end of this interview, I don't think I've ever felt any more helpless. Um, and I, I, quite frankly, Vince, I wish I hadn't taken the assignment. This, this, it was horrible. Okay. Oscar worthy. Fair enough is we will all now uh, take a look at the final installment of just who is mankind. Let's take a look. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, mankind, three bizarre yet distinct personalities, each one scarred by trauma and suffering, each one still haunted by the pain. Why didn't Cactus Jack ever come to the WWF? Because he he wasn't welcome. I would have set the WWF on a tear. So when you look at mankind, you're saying to somebody, every time I put on the mandible claw, in my mind, that's Vince McMahon. And I'm saying, why didn't you take me when I was good? Why didn't you take me when I was young? That's where the mandible claw comes from. 
its power tempered with mercy, just like me. You know, earlier you mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels and how you would like to see Shawn Michaels end his career uh, handing out change in an arcade. Why, why the venom? Shawn Michaels, remember they were saying at one point, Shawn Michaels is a boy in his dreams. I wonder, Jimmy, why didn't they ever say Mick Foley, a boy in his dreams? We had the same dream. So why does he look like he does? And why do I look like this? You think that's unfair to want me to wish him a, a, a lifeline, lifetime of misery? I don't think that's unfair at all. I think it's a perfectly logical thing to ask. I'm, I'm not ashamed. I wish him and a lot of the WWF superstars nothing but personal trauma and tragedy in their personal and professional lives. Does that make me a bad person? I want the suffering to be on the other side. And I'd like to cause it. Because that to me is a nice day. Have you ever been uh, treated or have you ever been uh, diagnosed with a multiple personality disorder? You know, I, I thought we, we talked about this when I said I don't believe in doctors. I believe in the body's ability to heal itself. If there's something wrong with my mind, I think I'd be the first one to know. Don't you think that it's about time in your life where you looked squarely in the mirror and accepted the personal responsibility for who you are? Don't you believe that you yourself have caused and brought on all these problems another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. I think it's time for you to maybe start doing your damn job. I think it's time for you to end this facade of journalistic integrity. You know what you tell the people week in and week out? You say, look at mankind. I don't even know if he feels pain or well, maybe, maybe he likes pain. You see, you're a powerful man, Jimmy. You have got the ability 
to reach a lot of people, to spread the truth, and you neglect to do it. Let me ask you a couple of questions. What is it about pain that I love? You see, I feel just like every other person. You see that? It hurts. Is it when I can't get up? When my little boy says, Daddy, I want to play ball, and I can't do it? Is that where the fun starts? Is it where a doctor injects a 12-inch needle into the discs in my spine so I can wrestle one more day? Whoopee! Let the party begin! I can't believe you sit here and ask me those questions. Do I bring it on to myself? I haven't done a damn thing to you. All you've done to people is mislead them and let them think that I'm having the time of my goddamn life when I'm in pain. Don't you look at me with that smug look. You make me sick, a man of integrity. I want to smack you. Where's all the help, goddammit? Oh, what an actor. I said Emmy worthy. Yeah, man. Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> He's going to need some help. <laughs> yeah, he is. And again, uh, obviously, what I'm amazed that you haven't suffered any more trauma than you have as a result of that, Jared. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that any professional athlete should ever put their hands on a broadcaster. I think that's uncalled for, but in the same respect, I think I have to take some professional responsibility for the questions that I ask, and I think I pushed the wrong buttons, and for that I apologize. It certainly did not end uh, the way that I wanted it to. And Yes, but nonetheless, uh, you asked the tough questions, and that's what unquestionably our WWF fans want done, although obviously they would prefer it not to end that way. We go from that to this. I mean, but that was some compelling stuff, Jr. Yeah, pretty good. We hit the, hit the nail on the head there. Got one right, seems like. And it, I don't know that Mick, I mean, yes, he was an awesome, great wrestler, unbelievable in what he did. But do you think he reaches the level that he ultimately does without these segments? Because this is monumental. I remember this vividly watching these growing up with you. Yeah, same. it was, uh, he, he found his niche. Yes. And, uh, it, it just is another way to get him over without taking a bunch of bumps and, you know, taking, you know, the, the bumps off the ring, the elbows to the concrete and all those things. It was a way to make this thing work. And, you know, we're just looking for trying to get something hot. Much like this match right here, Billy Gunn was the focal point of this contest and this booking. And, uh, rockabilly. Yeah. You know, with, with his old tag team partner, uh, Bart Gunn. Yeah. They're, Billy, they're go ahead. Billy still looks just a lot right now. And it's, it's crazy. He, he looks, looks exactly the same. Yeah. He works out religiously as we know. And he's, I, I was sitting beside him the other day with, uh, somebody in Vivian catering at AEW. And, uh, he was, uh, talking about nutrition and, but damn, he's learned in nutrition. He knows. He monitors his proteins and all these things. He really lives the life right now. And he's got two very talented sons. 
Yeah, the ass uh, boys. Yeah, the ass boys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and I'm happy to see how they're continued to progress. But they're a chip off the old block, those kids. They, they, should, they should be big-time players uh, before it's all said and done, without a doubt. But, you know, we just were trying to Billy, – Billy was kind of the chosen one of this duo. Yeah. And uh, we just wanted to try to get him over as a single, as a single heel with the honky-tonk. Well, we're not letting you get away from the old McFolia interview that quick without some fan questions. Cause that's what we what the rest of the fan questions were about was that sit down you did with Mick. And we're going to ask those while we watch this here. So let's get into it. Bill uh, Reich says, uh, JR, your interview with Mick Foley has to be one of the greatest pieces of wrestling TV of all time. Wow. That's high praise. My question for you is this with his skilled character work on such clear display. Why didn't Mrs. Foley's baby boy pick up more acting gigs? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. He certainly, certainly was qualified for it, right? Hey, you know, Hollywood and, and showbiz, you got to be uh right place at the right time. There's no doubt. Mick didn't have the skills and, and certain roles he has been perfect in. Uh, but you know, he was so in, in, in engrossed in it, the wrestling side. Uh, so I don't know if there's a, a reason, uh, skill level, wasn't it, but I'm a big, uh, uh, I'm just a big supporter that Mick Foley can do anything he wants to do and do it well. Hey, listen, after what I, the cell job, I saw you give Jr. How did you not pick up more acting gigs? Yeah, right. Well, I was a little busy, <laughs> was uh, a little... but you did a good job with that, man. That was fun. Thank you. I yeah. think it was all done in one take and it was done with no script. Uh, we just kind of knew our general direction. And, uh, you learned that, how to sell. So, yeah, and go. we just told a story and yeah. it, kept, it kept evolving and, and really that Mick deserves the credit for that because he kept changing this and, and, uh, and, and, and adding more to the, to the promo. We, uh, we have, uh, Billy Gunn picking up the win here using honky tonk man's, uh, shake, rattle and roll move over the victory over Bart. Matt Guerra says after the success of the sit down interviews with Dustin Runnels and Mick Foley, cause that's right. You had some good ones with him Were any other superstars discussed for future interviews. Oh, a lot of guys, a lot of guys wanted to be interviewed because it was a way to get themselves over, uh, in a logical conversation. And they knew that I was to the best of my ability was going to take them in the right direction. So they can embellish what they're trying to sell. Uh, another question we got from Steve Clark wrestling. Uh, you mentioned before how Vince wasn't keen on signing Mick Foley at which point in Mick's WWE career was Vince convinced he made the right choice. And did you receive a bonus for the recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing my job and, and, uh, I pushed for Mick for a long time, obviously as people know that story. And, uh, I think around the time that we started doing these vignettes. Uh, Vince became very enamored in the Mick Foley character. Uh, he, Vince was at that shoot, but we did not know that he was attending and he was standing in the shadows. And I remember the, his, one of his famous lines that he's, he's used from time to time as they were doing our thing, we'd take a little bathroom break, get, get a little drink of water or something. And, uh, I heard in the background, this voice says, that's good shit. <laughs> or this is good shit or something along those lines. And so we knew that we were doing well, but we didn't even know he was there. Yeah. And that adds a little different element of sure. stress, stress and pressure to you, quite frankly. 
Well, Pillman's making his way out here for uh, what's supposed to be Pillman Austin. We're going to see uh, that change here in a bit. Final question this week, though, as we watch this. The JR sit-down interviews, this is from our buddy Carl Hayes. The JR sit-down interviews took the viewer from this loud, wide-open action to a small focus on the screen. You became intensely focused. What did JR think about when setting those up? Did he realize he was pulling the viewer from watching the whole screen to see the entering action and the crowd with the signs to then focus on just two people talking and almost make people lean forward at home to focus and make sure they didn't miss a thing? Well, I wanted to make sure that we uh, serve the personas appropriately. And that's all about storytelling. So it was up to me to tell that story to facilitate the, uh, the, uh, wrestlers uh, participation in it. So it was just an opportunity, you know, to, to embellish what these guys are doing and making chicken salad out of chicken shit, because we have so many injured guys, including that one stone cold, Steve Austin. And here he comes, uh, JR, thank you for answering the questions, guys, take those opportunities. When you see the postings to send in your questions for this show show, it's always great to pick JR's brain, but here's what they're doing. They're having the heart foundation attack stone cold on his way to the ring. That is the interference. That's the beatdown. That's what gets Austin out of this match, uh, because of the sore knee here come the referees, Jack Doan, Jimmy Corderas, Kyoto, all the rest of them, Timmy white. And, uh, man, Pillman just using the belt and slinging it around on Austin. Like he doesn't like a piece of meat and Mick Foley comes to the save. Let's listen in on this. Jr. If I can get the volume working here, we'll do it. Officials trying to get some degree of control. The heart foundation has pounced once again. Well, here in the ring, we've got mankind and Pillman now. Mankind. Oh, Austin, Austin's hurt. Steve Austin is hurt. Well, it was four individuals strike. It couldn't be his knee. He has webs that brace. But meanwhile, the, the official has a match. I guess it's an You notice Austin match. didn't want to be carried out. He's actually officiating this The thing. John Wayne thing. Mankind jumped into the ring. No, and, and they, do, they do it perfectly, too, storytelling-wise. They, they, they go, right. They say, Oh, he got attacked. It looks like it could be his knee makes room for him to leave. Here comes Mick. Now listen, JR, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. This originally was supposed to be Shawn Michaels versus Pillman. How do you like them transitioning it? This role right into for Mick Foley here. we made the best best out of what we had. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing right here. seems to be the, the best plan B. We didn't want to go to plan B, but, uh, injuries. Uh, you know, can change your complexion, change the whole thing. I always admired Brian. Here's a guy that's got an ankle fused and his all these health issues. He's been frustrated a long time and so forth. Uh, I always admired how much he would give a, of his body in the, in, with the body that he had. And cause he didn't want to be looked at as weak or he, he couldn't do something or the side of suplex. <sighs> My Actually, God, right onto the ramp. Yeah, that's, that's Mick. Dude. People it, don't, people don't realize how, uh, fearless both these cats in the ring right now are, they give everything they had in their hearts and their souls to have a good pro wrestling match. 
It's interesting. We think about the big spots of Mick Foley, and yet you don't even realize until you go back and watch shows like this. Think about the hundreds and hundreds and even probably thousands of the bumps like just like that that he took too, just in regular everyday matches that just all add up to just the abuse of, of a one of one man's body over time. It certainly was unpredictable. You notice that most folks are standing because the, the unpredictability, at least that's my view of it. They didn't know what was going to happen next. By the way, uh, Jim, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, but Mick Foley new podcast out telling stories with yeah. old Conrad Thompson. Yeah, that'd be good. We get Conrad to come to work. <laughs> I, I think the way they did, they, uh, I think Mick from what I've told lives has a home in Nashville and he comes down to Huntsville about once a month and they knock out four or five episodes, uh, a, a once a month and, uh, have built up quite a, a backlog. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, that uh, I watched the uh, debut episode. It was really entertaining. Mick's just a, a blessed storyteller. Very Unbelievable. Gifted. Yes. Yeah. If you can, if you can just remember everything. That's <laughs> what's incredible to me is all the beating, the abuse, but his recall, what he can recall with all the head trauma over the years is is impeccable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Well, just his love of the game and and now he's having problems with his mask. That mask he's wearing is my upstairs. Uh, uh, catch all room. Oh, you have one of those too. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I knew people <laughs> you did. JR man. It sounds like, what is this? A closet upstairs or something? Sounds like it has a treasure trove of no, it's a room, but 20 by 20. Okay. Very nice. But, uh, talk about Pillman. I know you were talking about Pillman a little bit here, but he, like you said, he had to work through some injuries in his WWF, uh, Run, which is so unfortunate because when he came out with the Bengal shorts and WCW high flyer flying, Brian, man, he had all the potential in the world to be a major superstar. Mm-hmm. He did. And that was his, that was his curse. He was so hell bent on becoming a great superstar wrestler that, you know, he couldn't accept anything less than that. You know, I, I was fully prepared to make him my regular broadcast partner, uh, in that era. Uh, and getting some exposure there. Cause I thought he'd be perfect in that role, but that was not going to make Brian happy. Brian was distraught and mentally breaking down because his dream of being a superstar wrestler that he thought about all his life was not going to manifest itself because of his fused ankle. Lots going on in the show, uh, Jr. from, from, you have the nation of domination changing course. You have what happened obviously before the show going down your sit down interview with Mick Foley. That again is legendary and we all love and enjoyed. And that's where most of the burn of the questions came from. Uh, you have Austin trying to battle through the injury. And then they're also setting up the historical Canadian stampede, which I love that was an amazing show in and of itself. So lots going on here. One of my favorite pay-per-views we've ever produced was the Canadian stampede. The atmosphere was unbelievable. You get a chance to. Go back and catch that folks. Think about it because the, the atmosphere is, is something that's out of a, a dreamland. Like you, this is what, this is the audience that you would pick for a perfect pay-per-view audience. Unbelievable. And let's not forget Ken, Cham- Ken Shamrock coming out and making his debut here too. So good. Let's go to the ending here. The hearts have made their way in and they are now all attacking mankind as we wrap up the show. in there 
Austin coming out to get a shot at the Hart Foundation. Shamrock, I think, coming out just to make sure that it wasn't a three-on-one attack. Ben Shamrock has been active all night. Stone Cold Steve Austin apparently broke through a number of officials in the locker room area and came out here anyhow. Look at Stone Cold looking down at Mankind, wondering why, just why Mankind came out and took his match from him. And now, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, Well, that's it, JR. What a show. Good show. That's a good TV show, especially when you consider the fact that, as we know, two minutes before we went on the air, we were making changes. It just shows you the, t- the depth of the talent and what the, how they could uh, regroup. And uh, Vince's leadership was great. You know, you didn't have to get 18 guys' opinion on something. Uh, it, it was him. I always say that one of the things I noticed distinctively different from coming from WCW and, and previous stops when I got to WWE was that you had one guy there at WWE that made the decisions and that made things so infinitely better. You didn't have to go to poll a bunch of guys or get out of caucus or get the, 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 the focus group or this little faction or this little click, whatever it was, uh, Vince made those final, final calls. And that made it the, our jobs a lot easier as broadcasters. So I thought we had a nice show there that, that night and it covered a lot of major ground, quite frankly. It, it did. And it also kind of did set up, uh, the Canadian stampede nicely there with the end with, uh, the faction of the heart foundation, as well as who potentially could be the group challenging them. So lots of good stuff. Again, the most newsworthy piece all though, all happened behind the curtain more so than out front. So, uh, there you go, Jim next week, beach blast 92. Speaking of WCW going back there, it's one of the first major events bill Watts put together. You got the Steiners defending the tag titles against Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Steve Dr. Death Williams. I know you're going to love that one. Classic, ladies and gentlemen, classic match. Maybe my favorite tag team match or favorite tag team series, uh, the Steiners and Doc and Gordy are just, uh, they're magic. They were were magical. Yeah, they were magical. And uh, I love calling those matches. I think folks will love watching them back. You do. You got, and then you got the Dangerous Alliance taking on Dustin, Barry, and Nikita. Another great one. You have Ole Anderson as a special guest referee. You're going to get a 30 minute Iron Man match between Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat. And then who we just saw today, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack versus Sting in a Falls Count Anywhere match. That sounds like a hell of a show. Good on paper. Good Good on on paper. paper. I I think you'll be, uh, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed with it, quite frankly. There you go. Speaking of not disappointed with it, that is jrsbbq.com. You will not be disappointed. If you go out there, check out that site and check out the products that JR has. JR, why don't you tell them a little bit about those amazing uh, seasonings and barbecue sauces, honey mustard, uh, chipotle ketchup, and all the good stuff you have out there. Well, you know, we uh, I got in Oklahoma Thursday night after the California Vegas trips. And, uh, I, I just, uh, came home to find that I had a, about 10 cases of books to sign. And so, uh, we have our, our books under the black hat and slobber knocker that are available on our site that we actually, uh, personalize and sign for our, for our, our customers. So that's something that's a nice gift item. You know, we can sign it to your dad or your significant other or whatever the case may be. 
so that's kind of cool. We have a lot of things on there that aren't just food products. You know, we got uh, Moscow mule mugs. We've got all kinds of cool little things. So uh, just check it out. You know, like I can say all the time, it costs nothing to look. We think we make a great product. We appreciate your support. You're part of the family and I'm part of yours. So uh, we appreciate you checking us out and, and giving our brand a try because there's no better time right now, man. This is, this That's is it. it. Prime we're, season. In a, we're, we're in the heart of grilling season. So once you grab you some and, and uh, go outside and enjoy it. I'm with you a hundred percent. We have, I've been using the seasoning on meatloaf, on steaks, everything already enjoying the grill here at the Bromwell family support our friend, Jr. Jim, we love you. We're li love listening to you on all the, your shows. AEW, the pay-per-views have been fantastic. I feel the energy, the excitement, the love, the passion, and, uh, appreciate just again, this week going back and taking a look back at the business we love of, of wrestling. We'll be back again on beach blast, uh, uh for, for the next show, next week's show 92. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun because, uh, that was Cowboy's first effort. There'll be a lot of backstories on that one. Uh, you know, he was the new sheriff in town, made no doubt about that. So it's pretty cool. And also we appreciate everybody following us along every week. We've been having great success with AEW, uh, Wednesday nights on TVS, uh, just uh, terrific. We're on a roll and the talents are rising to the occasion. They're getting better and better. Uh, they know their roles as the rock used to say. And, uh, they're getting better at those roles. So, uh, AEW certainly appreciates your support as do I, and, uh, we got some big things planned coming up, some major, major matches with major implications that you're going to be able to see live on Wednesday night on TBS, notwithstanding the fact that the rampage airs on Friday night. And, uh, I, I always enjoy it. Rampage is different because it's an hour. It's a little different feel, different pace. Uh, so, uh, but I'm enjoying it. The AEW products getting better and I'm sure glad I'm working for them because it gives me something to do and a destination. And I, I, I appreciate that. I, I love what I do. So I can't imagine it being taken away from me and me not being able to do this job. And you know, uh, yeah, when you love what you do, it makes all the difference in the world, my all friend. the difference in the world, my friend, yep. but nonetheless, good show today. Appreciate your, you being here, Paul, as always. You got it. And, uh, I love working with you. And on behalf of the voice of wrestling, he is Jim Ross. This is Paul Bromwell. We'll be back right here again next week on another episode of grilling Jr. Many blessings, everybody. Thanks very much for tuning in. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.